Talk, everybody. My name is Kyle Murray, and I'm here with my co-host, Mark Canterbury. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. Can't complain. How are you today, Kyle? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. I know we've got the Hawks game later tonight, so I'm excited for that. Did want to recap our first five games. Cavs started off on a pretty big hot streak. Three wins in a row. Started off 3-0. and Took down the Hornets, the Pistons, and then surprisingly the 76ers, even though they didn't have Joel Embiid. And then, unpredictably, lost to the Knicks. And then a couple nights ago, lost pretty big to the Pacers. Any reaction from you on those first five games? I mean, obviously the 76ers win was pretty big. Uh, I did not expect that for sure. I also, as you said, did not expect the Knicks to beat us so soundly. I wouldn't say that I had any significant reaction to the first five games of the season in terms of their result. But what I will say is I was amazed by the play of our young backcourt. Garland and Sexton played very, very well, and uh, as we all know, having listened to the first two episodes of the podcast, I was maybe not their biggest fan going into the year. I, I you know, wasn't sure that they were going to be our answer moving forward in terms of running the offense competently and uh, shooting the ball at a high percentage. Now, obviously, it's first five games of the season, so very small sample size, uh, nothing to necessarily hang our hats on moving forward, but... If they continue to play at the level they have played, or, or even 85 to 90% of the level that which they've played in the first five games, they will have made believers out of me moving forward. Yeah, I was really excited. I, got, I definitely got overhyped over the first three games. Starting off 3-0, and not that it's too shortened of a season, but a 72-game season means that those wins count for a little bit more than they would in a normal NBA season. I started thinking about, oh, what's the Cavs' magic number and everything like that, which obviously doesn't exist at this point, but... Definitely got overhyped about it. Then the Knicks came along, and that was a pretty depressing loss, given how overhyped I was. And then the Pacers coming along, and that was a bit more predictable that we were going to lose to them. But I definitely agreed. Sexton and Garland have been great. I'm glad, I don't know if you've seen, the nickname Sexland has caught on from last year, now that they've been kind of the dynamic duo in the backcourt. Yeah, I did see it probably refer to them as sex land from now on i uh, i don't know if i'm a fan honestly not a fan they've no. got t-shirts and everything we'll have to see yeah i probably won't be a fan i mean i'll buy you one okay <laughs> I, won't, <laughs> I won't wear it <laughs> but yeah looking at some stats here sexton's averaging 26 points a game garland's averaging 19 they're the two highest scorers on the team yep garland i mean obviously you said small sample size he actually didn't do well in the preseason right it's kind of been ebbs and flows in training camp he was really hyped up preseason came he didn't look that great regular season comes along and he starts looking great 19.7 assists per game turnovers still two and a half per game that's a little bit more than you'd want but right the assist to turnover ratio is pretty good that's really good uh for a point guard yeah so i've been really excited about them talking to some people on twitter actually a couple days ago i posted about the pacers loss and said it was demoralizing and people were like well not really demoralizing you kind of expect to lose to a team like that whether it's by single digits or double digits and if people like colin sexton darius garland are putting up 15 20 25 points per game you can't really be too disappointed so yeah been pretty happy with them drummond has been good drummond double double every night yeah drummond's been good but he's still andre drummond i think what we're seeing is andre drummond playing for a contract and realistically i don't think he'll be here come march but I think that the added 
hustle we're seeing, which you know translates to the 2.4 blocks, 2.4 steals a game he's averaging right now. Mm-hmm. He's out of his mind. That I think is more a symptom of him wanting more money than it is him being super pumped about winning basketball at the Cleveland Cavaliers. But you know, we'll take it. Yeah, I think that him bumping up those counting stats is actually almost what we want him to do. Obviously, we want to win games, but we also want to increase his trade stock. So the more double-doubles he gets, he's averaging, I think, 18-15 right now. Correct. The better he does in that regard, the better he's going to look to other teams who might be looking to go deeper into the playoffs or qualify for the playoffs at all. For sure. And the more we might be able to get for him. Someone mentioned a couple days ago as well, he's actually only shooting 44% from the field. Yep. Yeah. As a big man... I know he takes some threes that people cringe at, like once a game. As a big man, if you're getting tons of shots, most of your shots within five feet or so, right. shooting 44%. Really, really bad. Really, yeah. really bad. But the 18-15 might be appealing to some teams who, like we said at the trade deadline, want to add big contributor in the paint to their roster. So Charlotte Hornets, yeah. you're dumb. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Jordan, please take on another uh, ridiculous contract. Take some money off our hands and pay him in the offseason. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be crazy if he gives him another extension after. That would be uh, something. Yeah, it wouldn't be unprecedented that he would give too much money to someone who's not good enough to deserve it. For sure. Other people that I've been happy to see performing well, Larry Nance has been pretty good. I would say he's kind of the opposite of Drummond in that his counting stats don't look as good as I think he's been. Right. Uh, nine points per game, seven rebounds, five assists. I think he's been a pretty good contributor on the court. Seems to be a pretty good glue for whatever unit he's playing with. And on top of that is obviously just a great locker room presence and presence on the team. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac Okoro, obviously disappointing that we've only gotten to see him in two out of the five games so far. Looks like he'll be coming back soon. I think they projected that he is supposed to play in the Orlando series next week. But he's been good. Again, not someone who has had amazing counting stats, but he's been a great defensive presence on the floor and has taken the opportunities he's been given and performed pretty competently. So I've been pretty happy with what we've seen out of him and happy to have him back soon. I think that as of the first five games of the season, Isaac Tortoro definitely seems to contribute to winning basketball as evidenced by our 3-0 and record, you know, while he's here, and then... <laughs> yeah, he's uh, undefeated. Or 2-0, and sorry, 2-0 and record while he's here, and 1-2 and while he's gone. However, I will say, I don't know if... Like, I'm glad that we got a guy that plays good defense. I'm glad that he's, you know, focuses on the fundamentals, as J.B. Bickerstaff said uh, about him at press conference a few days ago. You know, that's all fine and dandy, but for the number five pick in the draft, I, I don't know. I, I still want more. Five, three, and two, or whatever it is, isn't really doing it for me. Let, just, just just for shits and giggles, let's look at what Obi Toppin's averaging. Obi Toppin <laughs> is smacking on Isaac Totoro. He's averaging nine points, three rebounds, and an assist. Almost double the PER. He's at 6.97. Isaac Toro's at 3.26. It's more than double, actually. So he's basically twice as good as Isaac Toro. <laughs> where, where did he get picked? He got picked three picks later. Terrible. Yeah, at eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, let's <clears> see. <throat> who who else got picked around that time? Killing Hayes sucks. Patrick Williams. How's Patrick Williams doing? I know we couldn't have gotten him, so it's kind of a moot point, but... Oh, he's damn good. 
It's like OB Toppin, but better. Ten points, three rebounds, and assists. I mean, that's still not like. Okay, well, how much is the best dude doing? What's his name? Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. How's he playing? Oh, he's really, he's got 15 points, 2.4 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and a 14.48 PER. That's like six times Isaac Okoro. I, <laughs> you could fill the court with five Isaac Okoros, and Anthony Edwards will take him to school. Probably. Yeah, so long story short, as far as I, Isaac Okoro goes, I'm, I'm glad that he's fitting into the locker room. I'm glad the coaching staff likes him. I like some of what I've seen so far. However, I am wary of this being another year where we are wallowing in mediocrity to gain another number five pick that ends up being this. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, he's had a couple defensive plays that I think you could say have, I don't know if you'd say won us games, but have been really clutched on the stretch. But yeah, he hasn't been someone who takes over a game really at any point. I don't know if people were expecting that out of him, but... Well, I, I'm just saying if the light at the end of the tunnel is just more Isaacs, I, I don't know if, you know, we're, on, we're in the right tunnel. Yeah. Connecting with Okoro and Drummond, in a way, uh, Kevin Love, recently injured. Looks like he's going to be out for a decent bit longer time than Okoro will be. I think they said about a month. Connects with Okoro and the fact that he's injured, and for these last two games, we haven't had either of them, and we've lost these last two games. So not having them, I think, has been something that has kind of thrown the Cavs out of rhythm and they just don't look as settled in how they're playing right now. Um, connecting Kevin Love with Drummond, they're both potential trade targets for contending teams at the trade deadline. So right. not great to have Kevin Love out for a month. Trade deadline, March 25th. We might get six to eight weeks of Kevin Love before that trade deadline. If his contract is really even shoppable, we'd want him to perform well in those six to eight weeks and potentially excite a contending team who might want to give us some assets for him at the trade deadline. So I, I would definitely agree that uh, it, it is a bummer for us in terms of moving his contract that Kevin Love is out for the month. I think it's also obvious on the court what impact he has on the team. Just being that veteran presence and, and you know knowing how winning basketball happens and being one of the only roster holdovers from our championship era, I think is just you know huge in terms of what it does for the rookies uh, every day and the and the younger guys on the team. I think you know Kevin Love being the consummate professional that he is is obviously still involved in the locker room. I think that you know he's still going to be a good presence. He's still uh, unfortunately with that contract, no matter what he does uh, on or off the court, it's probably a bit of an overpayment. But if um, anyone deserves it after you know what they've done for the organization. Uh, I think it's definitely Kevin Love, and I think even if we don't trade him, I personally will always look back fondly on Kevin Love and his time here, and I hope that Cavs fans across the across the world will feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I won't regret paying Kevin Love that much money, nearly as much as I would paying it to someone else, simply because he's Kevin Love. Based on memories from that 2016 run, as well as him just being a really good guy, so... I know we said this in, I think, our first episode that definitely an overpayment for the kind of player he is, but if we were going to overpay anyone, I'd want it to be him. A third core player who's been missing from the Cavs this entire season so far, Kevin Porter Jr. We're not sure when we'll see him back. Before the season, I was hoping to see him around this time, and it's kind of what I was expecting, that he'd miss the first, I don't know, three, four, or five games, and then he'd get back into action, but... 
We don't really have a timeline at this point and doesn't seem like it'll be anytime soon. Just another example of important players that the Cavs are missing in the near future. So seem to be on a downward swing with the Knicks and the Pacers loss. I don't think the Hawks game is going to go too great tonight. The near future might be a little bit dismal for the Cavs, but always important to remember, don't have Kevin Love, don't have Isaac Okoro, don't have Kevin Porter Jr. Right. Kind of see a bright future when they come back. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think, I mean, if you look at it on paper, that's our best draft pick this year. That's at least 10 points a game from KPJ last year that you're not getting so far this season. That's anywhere from 14 to 18 points a game from Kevin Love you're not seeing. I think looking at how we've played the last two games, uh, obviously, I mean, 86 points against the Knicks is just not going to get it done. But I think we, you know, still played all right against the Pacers. I think this is probably a good thing for the young guys on the team to get some reps early in the season when maybe it doesn't matter as much in terms of running the offense and, and, and being, you know, the main option out there, uh, getting reps as, as, you know, the primary guys. So I think at the end of the day, any time these guys spend on the court running the offense is probably good for the Cavs in the long run. And then I did want to touch on Kevin Porter Jr. As, you know, Cavs talk podcast fans know, I'm a huge Kevin Porter Jr. fan. I love him. I will admit he's, you know, really making it hard right now. Based on some reports I've read, uh, shout out Cleveland.com, basically the team is waiting until he's emotionally ready to rejoin the team. So uh, if I'm looking that from that as a fan perspective, that basically means that the Cavs want him to grow up a little bit. And once he shows that he can do that and shows that he can be focused on the goal, uh, we should see him back in the locker room soon. Hopefully the legal troubles don't put him in, you know, any greater trouble than that. Obviously, if it gets to that point, that's kind of out of the Cavs organization's hands. But as long as, you know, he is willing to be a contributing member of the team, I hope that he gets back and, and gets back to doing what he can do and, and what I love to see him do, uh, what I love to see last year as well. we got to be optimistic about that, uh, even if we don't have a lot of evidence to the goal. But, yeah. I almost wanted to say that he is kind of in the early stages of like a Josh Gordon situation with the Browns where he was just in and out, in and out, in and out, suspended. Yeah, absolutely. Reinstated, suspended, reinstated. I don't want to make a comparison like that because Josh Gordon seemed to have more addiction and substance abuse issues that I'm not sure Kevin Porter Jr. struggles with. But in terms of just being able to stay in the game. Yeah work on your craft, become a consistent contributor. The early stages of Josh Gordon kind of are there. So, yeah, I agree with you. Really hope he breaks out of that soon and can spend almost a full season with the team, and I think that'll be great for his progression. The best ability is availability. Yeah, exactly. With all that in mind, we didn't make any predictions before the season, and we're not too far into the season now, so I think it's still fun to do. If you would have asked me a week ago, I probably would have had some overestimations in terms of how the team would perform over the course of the season. But the last two games have really brought me back to earth. So any thoughts on, let's say, a a win total for the Cavs or any other specific predictions you might want to make? Okay. I predict, and, and I think we are better this year. And also maybe the East is worse. So I would say... We are going to win 28 games this year. 28 games. 
We're going to go 28 and 44. Not a game more, not a game less. Book it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I will say that would be 39% win percentage. Okay. And I want to see what that would look like last year. So a 39% win percentage last year would have gotten us the ninth seed. So we wouldn't have made the playoffs last year, but this year with the play-in stuff, uh, we would make it into that small play-in tournament that they're having okay. with the top 10 teams. So I would be very excited. I don't feel that confident, and maybe that's because of the last two games or because of the injuries or mm-hmm. missing players or whatever. I don't feel that confident. So I'd probably take the under on that just barely. I'll say, I'll say 25. 25 wins? Okay. Yeah, 25 wins. So that would put us at... 25 and 47 assuming that full 72 game season okay i think that 25 would probably keep us out of that play in tournament like you said the east doesn't look too great so maybe that would somehow get us in at the 10th seed i do think 28 would get us in i do too i do too with your prediction so that, that'd be really exciting even just to see the Cavs play one or two of those playing games i think would be a huge success and like you said i mean Drafting players, especially if you get something like the fifth pick, uh, never guaranteed to be some sort of franchise-altering pick. So getting into the playoffs as soon as possible is always a good thing rather than wallowing in mediocrity year after year. For sure. All right, well, we'll keep track of those predictions as the season goes on. We have them logged and published here in our third episode of the season. But that'll be it for us today. Next week, we've got some more content planned. We'll definitely be releasing an episode. We might be live streaming our first game of the season. We'll have announcements coming out for that on our Twitter account, Cavs Talk Podcast. Drop a follow there if you can. Mark, anything for the outro? No, I don't really have much to add, Kyle. I just want to say Happy New Year and go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs.